Okay. Talk about divided attention. So it's a really interesting experience. Uh, today I feel a little bit close to everyone uh, and a little bit uh, distanced <laughs> from everyone, which is, I guess, uh, exactly what is required right now. I was uh, talking in the guided meditation about um, the gifts that we bring when we come to meditate. Uh, and I, I do think that we, we don't see the weight in those sometimes when we're medi- uh, meditating with a community. Uh, we uh, tend to, to go meditate with a community uh, in person or you know nowadays by Zoom uh, to really get something out of it. You know, it, uh, I get quite a lot out of uh, meditating with others and um, meditating via Zoom or in person. Um, but the reason that I get quite a lot out of it is because everyone is bringing so much to it. Uh, it's, you know, the only place really, uh, this place, this virtual space, this physical space, is, I, I, I'm certain, you know, one of the only places I go to on a regular basis uh, that is uh, filled uh, uh, with people who are at least aspiring to bring goodwill, to bring mindfulness, to bring awareness, to bring um, a special kind of effort to developing uh, these really um, wonderful and skillful and beneficial mind states. Uh, And I wouldn't be getting out of it, uh, what I'm getting out of it, without... Uh, what everybody is bringing to to it when I'm here, uh, and so you know I do I try to uh, redirect myself in in meditation to developing uh, those qualities um, that uh, that I want to bring to the meditation itself that I want to. Um, allow others to experience uh, from from me, uh, such as goodwill and uh, settledness and balanced uh, uh, a sense of balance. Uh, recognizing that uh, they're uh, a huge offering uh, to others who are who are with me or um, uh, who I'll see later in the day or later in. In life, any bit of developing those qualities uh, benefits those those people around me. <clears throat> um, and uh, off the cushion, out in the world, um, that's what developing the precepts is for, isn't it? Um, it's that. Uh, it's that. Uh, that bit of fearlessness that the Buddha talked about and said was so important, uh, the uh, abhayadana, the gift of fearlessness. Uh, 
the bringing into the world uh, a sense of safety for others you know, rather than uh, looking for a sense of safety around us or uh, trying to control our environment and, and other people uh, to uh, have them offer us a sense of safety, to have them make things safe for us. Uh, what we're uh, <clears throat> encouraged to develop in this practice is a sense of safety, a sense of fearlessness that uh, we are creating for those people around us. Uh, so, you know, a Bayadana, the most uh, clear, uh, clearly defined um, ways of uh, bringing a Bayadana, uh, of bringing that gift of fearlessness, are right here in the precepts. Uh, that we commit uh, not to kill any other living creatures. Uh, We we take that for granted probably in our lives. I mean, it's one thing to, um, you know, not uh, kill the insects and to walk the spiders out of our houses uh, and to garden in a way that uh, most of our food and plants goes actually (laughs) to other beings. Um, but uh, we probably take for granted uh, that we actually we don't have to get up and defend our lives in the morning. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> uh, that we I just have a I don't know I always this always happens to me when I'm sitting up here. Uh, that we actually don't get up in the morning uh, and nobody expects us to go out and kill somebody else another person you know we don't live in that um we don't live in those conditions as human beings um uh, so in that way uh, we're offering a sense of safety to those around us uh, even to those humans that uh, we come in contact with i won't harm you i won't kill you um And then in the same way, uh, we offer uh, that sense of safety in, um, in with the other precepts, you know, you can, um, come here, uh, to Portland Friends of the Dhamma or gather together with other, uh, meditators who are, uh, living on the precepts and you, you know, you can expect your, a purse to still be at your seat when you after you come back to the bathroom, you know, or uh, you can expect for the most part, although we've had this happen, you can expect your shoes <laughs> to still be in the waiting room <laughs> when you're ready uh, to leave. Uh, you can expect um, uh, you can expect your belongings to stay with you. There's a way of um, of offering to the world uh, this gift of uh, safety around our lives, first of all, and our possessions, you know, as well, and the things that we need, the things that we carry with us. Uh, We can also uh, extend that gift of fearlessness, that gift of safety uh, with our speech, 
You know, the Buddhist said that uh, someone who who lies, um, uh, you can't you can't trust them with anything. They'll do you know they might do anything. There's nothing uh, someone who who lies um, won't do uh, because they're willing to lie to cover it up. And so. Um, when uh, when we offer the gift of truth, the gift of timely, kind um, truth to others, we are telling them, at least from the Buddha's point of view, uh, that you you can trust me. You can trust my actions. You know, as much as possible, I aspire to behave with integrity. Uh, you don't need to worry. Um, about what I'm saying uh, because I'm being honest. It uh, takes a lot of energy to deal with someone who isn't honest. I mean, anyone who's ever raised a child <laughs> might have a sense of uh, <clears throat> uh, how much more energy they had to spend through those periods where that child uh, try to get around things in a certain way or uh, <coughs> kept uh, information to a minimum uh, to benefit themselves <laughs> and uh, it takes a lot of energy uh, to maintain trust and uh, to relax with someone who uh, can't be trusted to be honest it doesn't mean we don't love them or extend goodwill or a good example, but we can feel in our bodies uh, when we're with somebody who can't be trusted uh, or who's learning to be trusted. That's really hard. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, ultimately I think that we, uh, we start to uh, move toward people who can be trusted because we feel in our bodies that uh, uh, we can settle down, we can open our own awareness, we can open our own hearts. Uh, we are being offered the gift of fearlessness by others when they're being honest with us and vice versa when we're being honest with other people, you know, living with integrity and using our words in that way. Uh, we, you know, we extend it also uh, through our relationships, um, being honest and forthright and kind and uh, clear and sensitive in our in our own relationships and our romantic relationships and sexual relationships. And then um, uh, the fifth precept, of course is one that encourages mindfulness. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, keeping a clear head you know, helps us um, maintain these gifts in a more uh, rigorous and sustainable and um, ongoing way. Uh, than if we are engaging in uh, sort of, you know, drinking and 
drugs and uh, other um, sort of substances that keep us um, keep our inhibitions at at bay or uh, give rise to those kinds of thoughts. Well, this isn't so bad. It's not that big of a deal. You know, I don't really need to worry about this. Um, uh, rather, you know, meditation practitioners who have been meditating, uh, you know, especially for a long time, uh, our, uh, our ability to, to feel that, that the hiriotapa, the, the conscience uh, and concern around our own actions uh, becomes a very refined you know, even the smallest things that we do that are uh, lacking integrity or um, transgressing the precepts or not really on the path, uh, we feel them and we start to feel them stronger and stronger. And and that's a real gift. That's how practice is a gift to us. Uh, it creates that, um, that refined sense of... Uh, uh, of noticing when we're off the path. It's a bit like, um, you know, the, the, the real sort of um, practical example of offering fearlessness right now in, the, in these times uh, during this pandemic is the social distancing that we're doing here at the center or the meeting together by, by Zoom or wearing masks when we uh, need to be closer to people. Uh, you know, um, they're not to protect us so much, are they? They're not, uh, those protocols and uh, uh, the, the masks, they're not as much to protect us as they are to offer protection to others. Uh, um, so uh, quite a while ago, Ethan, uh, we were out. Uh, we went to the coast, and we went to this lovely town called Manzanita. And in Manzanita, actually, the whole town is masked up in social distancing. Everyone on the streets, everywhere. It's not just inside, but just walking around. Everyone is in a mask. They have a huge, actually, a road, like a giant road sign on the way into the town. You know, you masks are required, mask up. So everybody's wearing a mask for the most part, you know. And um, Ethan had his mask on. My kids are thankfully really good about wearing masks, and they're just really serious about social distancing and all this. Uh, but Ethan was wearing his mask, and I glanced over, and he took it down really quick and sneezed into his elbow. And I was like, kid, what are you doing? <laughs> and he goes, well, I don't want it all to ricochet into my face. <laughs> right, you really got to spell it out, you know. <laughs> for the kids, we take a lot for granted. <laughs> uh, as adults, that we understand why we're doing what we're doing and and I said, well, you know, I understand that. That makes sense in normal times. But the whole point of these masks is to have it ricochet into your face. <laughs> you keep it. 
You keep it. We are, you know, we're doing all of this, uh, taking all of these precautions to offer that gift of safety to others. Even if it's a perceived gift of safety. You know, we don't have to believe it. We don't have to believe this even works to offer it to others. You know, Uh, often, you know, now these days you'll hear people saying things like, um, you know, uh, in, in defense of maybe not social distancing or not wearing a mask or going about their business, you'll hear uh, sometimes people saying, well, there's no point in living in fear. You know, I don't want to live in fear. I can't live in fear. Um, there's no point in living in fear. And uh, what we know from doing this practice uh, is that um, uh, 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 living in fear um, or not living in fear is actually something that we develop internally. It's a very much a state of the heart, you know. And in developing that state of the heart, uh, in making the choice and not to live in fear or to develop that fearlessness, uh, we're also simultaneously developing that gift of fearlessness. Uh, so, you know, whether we're wearing a mask or not, whether we're social distancing or not, um, there's no fear here, right? This isn't about fear for me. Uh, it's about offering that sense of safety, that sense of well-being, that sense of kindness, uh, and also that, uh, that true protection, but that, that sense of protection to others. Uh, so in this way, we don't think about ourselves, whether we're fearing for our lives or not. Uh, When we walk down the street, when we're out in the world, you know, in other situations um, outside of the pandemic and coronavirus, you know, just being in the world with others, uh, we can only control whether we're offering that, whether we're uh, giving the Abayadana. We can't control uh, whether it's being offered to us. Uh, So, um, that's why we practice the precepts. Uh, That's why we um, spend time with people who are offering us that uh, sense of fearlessness. Uh, It's so that we can feel what it feels like. It feels so good. And then that supports and encourages us to develop it for others. 